Well, he's a journeyman, uh, Rob Heathcote. He's been to many parts of the world, as we know. I wonder where he is today. Good morning. Or where? What time is it where you are? Um, it's um, morning, Steve. It's twenty past midday, and uh, we're just driving from Las Vegas through the Mojave Desert on the way back to Los Angeles, and I get on a plane tonight and come home and back to the real world. Yeah, how big is that desert, and how long does it take to get through it? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's warm. There's not a lot to see. It's pretty barren. You know, uh, Death Valley is part of the whole thing, but uh, no, it's about a five-hour drive. All right. Did you go over the Mojave River yet? No, not yet. Not okay. yet, but we were in Vegas when the Grand Prix was on. We couldn't see it, but yeah. you can hear it. Were you able to see those races live on the weekend at the Sunshine Coast? Yeah, yeah. My uh, One of my travelling companions, he has a computer set up that allows us to... Uh, to see the races live. It was really quite exciting to see them all go so well. Yeah, just with Prince of Boom, however, what, what is the deal there, Rob? Yeah, he had um, um, atrial fibrillation, so um, he's going to need a few more tests. We're going we're gonna to pop him up to... Uh, he, he came back in a little bit distressed after the race. I mean, he was mildly laying behind, but, but it was more he had heart arrhythmia. So, you know, his, his system got a little out of whack. Whether or not... Steve, it was because he suffered a he suffered a heavy bump as the gates opened. So you know, the, and the high pressure of the race. So <clears throat> something went amiss. So we'll have a few more tests done, but still too early yet to determine accurately mm-hmm. what's taken place. We talked about throat operations recently with Go Wanji. This horse has been a you know it's a real success since that that wind operation some seasons ago, Prince of Boom. Yeah, he has. He had a super winter and. Uh, look, in, in hindsight, we expected, you know, blinding speed in that race on Saturday, which is what we saw. But, um, you know, maybe in hindsight, we... Yeah, that, that's... To be honest, it's the reason I never ran Rothfire in the race. I just thought there'd be way, way too much speed for him. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll see going forward. It's not the end of his summer, but we're just fingers crossed that okay. he comes through it all right. I know you were thinking about the King of the Mountain, weren't you, for him on uh, New Year's Eve? Yeah, it was definitely on the cards, so we'll just have to wait. So maybe still so, uh, but, you know, obviously Magic Millions is his primary goal. So, you know, and even, as I, as I just mentioned, Rothfire, you know, the trial's called off this morning. He was going to trial, so we'll see what happens there too. All right. So have you got anything in mind when you might we might see him at this stage, Rothfire? Well, possibly. Look, I could go, I could go to the George Moore Saturday week or... I'll just see how we use it, see how the weather is through the rest of the week. Um, I'm, I'm heading, heading home now, so maybe I'll give him a good gallop on Thursday and I can watch it. Um, and maybe even the bribey. <clears throat> it's a maximum weight of 61 kilos, I think, for that race. So, um, yeah, there are a few options. Obviously, the, the king of the mountain is where he's initially headed and hopefully that can qualify him for a million start. He hasn't really let you down all year, has he? The races he's been around in. Well, pretty much since he suffered the injury, Steve. You know, we sort of walked on eggshells there for 12, 18 months. But, you know, his last his last three preparations have been super. And even down in Melbourne, he ran a cracking race where he ran second behind... Uh, Imperatrice. You know, Imperatrice, who, who, who was unbelievable. And, and he did knock off um, Giga Kick. Admittedly, he had an issue as well. And then... Then he ran on that firm track in the Moya, so I, I just elected to pull the pin and bring him home and, and get him ready for summer. We could have stayed and, and run in the, uh, the the following sprint races down in Melbourne, but as soon as the slightest bit sap 
no hesitation to pull a pin and bring him home. All right. So, yeah, they ran a record too, of course, in Peritrez when uh, Rothfire ran second. I thought the big goodbye went really good on the weekend. Uh, he, he poked up along the inside without a lot of room. Yeah, arguably a little unlucky. Um, I think Michael, as he, as he rightly said, Barry, one can often be your friend and sometimes he can be your enemy. And there on Saturday, he had he had a plenty of horse and just never saw daylight. And his comment was later that had he got through, I'm not sure he would have beaten the two, no, but in Michael's words, he would have made it interesting. Of course, Neville Bell, you're, he's a part owner of Carrie's uh, June 45, got the job done. A national choice, lovely ride and a lovely win there for, for Michael Rod, the comeback rider. Oh, it's just great to see Michael back. He's, he's been through the wars the last couple of years and he's a Melbourne Cup winning jockey and, and, and truly a great asset to, to Queensland racing. And seeing him, you know, he spent so much time here as an apprentice. It's just great to see Michael back. Yeah, and he's right on press link for you last week. It was a beauty, wasn't it? Uh, he can ride, that boy. <laughs> <laughs> and just with June 45, obviously that was really, you know, he's no star, but beautiful placement there to win that one of the features there on the weekend, the Malulabar Cup. Yeah, he's been, he's been a real revelation since Neville transferred him to it. And he ran second to a, a quality stayer during the Winter Carnival. So we've got a nice opinion of him. He was brilliant first up running second to a Katarina and stamped that form in the Malulabar Cup. And we've, uh, we're going to keep him at the mile for his next run in the tail stakes, but uh, you know we're going to we're going to get him up to eighteen six thousand, hopefully leading into a start in the Magic Millions of those races. You make a good point. Yeah, he ran second to Carla Poor. That horse, of course, uh, won the Lexus and ran so well in a lot of races. And Cepheus has won a heap of races since uh, in, out of that champ. And so this horse beat him home. I, I think he's a bit underestimated, and, and that race on Saturday, even though he was second up over the mile at, at nearly double-figure odds. We, we, we expected him to go well, and he proved us correct. All right. And what about the, the girl that beat home um, June 45? What's she up to at the moment? Katarina? Yeah, Katarina. I, I gave her a little little ease up after her, her last good win. She, she had a little time out of Washpool. Um, I've got her in two races on Saturday, the recognition as well as the... Uh, I'm not sure what the Phillies of Mayors race is called on Saturday, but it, it's 1,200 metres. Now, with this rain around and the fact that she can handle the rain-affected track, I'll, I'll probably run her in the 1,200 metre race, but there's a race that I'm, I'm really keen to run her in on the 9th of December. It's the, um, the I think it's the Gateway. It, it's a Stradbroke. I, I think it changed. The, I, I read something while I was away there. They've now made it that if you win that race, you can elect to put any horse you like in yeah. your slot in the strap race or yeah. something. Yeah, so it's certainly interesting. But I mean, she's a quality quality mare, as we've seen. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a crack at that race. Yeah, that was a race. Antino was very stiff in the gateway last year. And, of course, you're referring to the Tattersall's Classic, the listed 1,200 there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rob. And it's a really good two-year-old. Is there one we're going to see soon? Uh, I've got a couple. We've, as, as you know, Steve, from, from my experience, I, I don't push them early. Uh, if one puts their, their hand up and, and wants to go early, we give them the opportunity. But, you know, I've had a few nice ones through and, and flicked them back out. But... There's a couple that we're going to be trialling today, so you know we'll, we'll see down the track. Yeah, you're starting to see ice cream trucks and all that, you know, uh, being in the hot, de- <laughs> in the hot desert. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, but I'll tell you one thing. Just rejoice we all live in Australia because it's the greatest place in the world compared to this place. Yeah, thank you.
Yeah, Rob Heathcote joining us from the Mojave Desert, of course, uh, located in southeastern California and southern Nevada. Uh, smaller portions of it in Utah and also Arizona as well. But Mojave Des Desert occupies 43,750 square miles and is considered the smallest and driest desert in the United States. It's situated in a transitional zone, or transitional zone, yeah, between the Great uh, Basin Desert to the north and the Sonaran Desert to the south. And the Mojave Desert, a rain shadow desert, is defined by a combination of latitude, elevation, geology, and also indicator plants as well. But yeah, I'm looking at some of the photos. There is not much to see at all. 